1: Learn more at Marines.com.
2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
3: It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and that Score North mobile app. Judd Zolgat out, Rami Makhlouf in, along with Danny Cunningham, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass. I just told you where you can listen. You can also watch us. We're streaming live right now. Danny, wave at the <laughs> yeah. camera on Hello. Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Is that right? Social media, Seth, behind the camera. So uh, come watch us talk football with you for the next hour before Mackie and Judd with Rami takes these airwaves and these uh digital outlets. Uh, before we get to Hot Routes, which I agree with Judd, is one of my favorite segments that I participate first in. First time I'm doing it. Really? Real Your first route. Hot they Routes do. experience. Yeah. Okay. Ever. The, the point of Hot Routes is uh, usually Collar caller would ask the questions. Today, Jonathan will be the moderator and ask the questions. And you just have hot takes about the questions of the day in oh, today's I've Hot got, Routes. That's I've why got, it's Hot Routes, because it's hot takes. I've got spicy takes. And if you want to scream out like a quarterback in, in between, the That's hot allowed? the hot routes you can do that yeah you
2: call the hot route
3: yeah like
2: wow. buffalo otherwise, buffalo otherwise Manny did record in a bunch of QB cadences last oh, week that we haven't just we haven't used yet okay. I, I going to use those I think in honor of Josh McCown
1: today the hot routes should all just be the cities that he played for <laughs> in his <laughs> illustrious career
3: or the teams yes because teams could be Hartford right. you could say like jet jet like that's a hot route. Raider, Raider. Exactly. So we'll get to but we'll get to that in just one second. But I was listening uh as I was driving into the station to you and Judd in the last segment, and he's following OJ man. I mean he's not alone. Five hundred thousand people apparently are following a murderer, allegedly. But how do you how do you with the good conscience? Click on that follow button. And I heard the mental gymnastics that Judd was doing to try, to try and justify his following a murderer allegedly on Twitter. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I saw it. I commented on it, but I didn't, I didn't retweet it. I didn't follow him. That's like, is Judd following R. Kelly and Michael Jackson on Twitter too? Like, who are we? Where well, do we? Michael where do we draw dead. the
1: line? He has a Twitter account, actually, but that's run by the estate. It's not that him. he had before he was. Does dead. R. Kelly have a Twitter
2: account? I don't know. But where do we draw the line? And then he said, well, I don't... He drew it at Bill Cosby, but he would also <laughs> follow Charles Manson if Charles Manson had Yeah, it Twitter, I heard... I don't you know understand what? that one. I was sitting in my car.
1: R. Kelly does have a Twitter account, at R. Kelly. I swear to God. I, that's, are you serious? How many followers? Uh, 1.08 million. You're all 1.80, holy 1.08 holy. million terrible people. Awful people. Um, but I was sitting in the car, and when you asked Judd
3: that question, like, who, present or past... That's not on Twitter. Would you like to see on Twitter? Oh, it was a good question. Totally man. open and honest. It was a good question. And sarcastically,
1: before Judd answered, I go, Charles Manson. And- <laughs> I
2: swear to God. And then that was actually his answer. You've been working here for six months and you you, you already know Judd. I worked That's with amazing. a crazy person. <laughs>
3: What was your answer to it then? I work with a crazy person weekdays 4 to 6 back and Judd with Robbie
1: <laughs> here on Score North. You're welcome
3: for
2: That's now insane. just loading up your show because
1: you can just talk about that
3: with, and for then, 2 hours. And then he I might have
2: to change one of the cram session questions. And then he said he said he he
3: could justify OJ cuz it's sports related, but Bill Cosby he has, has nothing to do with what Judd does on a day-to-day basis. Judd watches TV. I'm a comedian. Does that does that justify me following Bill Cosby? On I think you can follow anyone on Twitter then because it's all I, content. I loved Bill Cosby. I'll tell you this right now. When I was a freshman in college, going to community college because study habits, um, I had... I had a break in my schedule every day Uh that that coincided with reruns of Cosby running. Purposely? You did that? Yes. (laughs) From the first episode of the series to the last episode of the series, and over the course of a semester, because they would show two episodes a day, I watched the entire run of the Cosby show twice in one semester. So I was a huge Bill Cosby fan, but I know a monster when I see one. Like, when the evidence
1: slaps you in the face... You don't glorify these people by following them on social media, do you? I don't follow Bill Cosby or R. Kelly or O.J. Simpson. It's crazy. Who's the worst person you follow? I don't know. You know what? I'm sitting here screaming and yelling. I might have followed. Say, you're
2: coming in hot.
1: I might have followed Bill Cosby before all the uh, things. 3.5 million <laughs> people follow him. So Before all the things
2: were validated.
1: And I don't know if I hit the unfollow button in my well, we're
2: discuss We're about to find out night. live
3: on air. Okay, I never followed him. Never, I never followed Bill Cosby, nor
1: would I. MLB follows Bill Cosby. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. Why? <laughs> that's amazing. And I, It does? That's amazing. And he's still calling himself America's dad. So do uh, Chris Mortensen follows Bill Cosby. What, is, what, what are people doing? And why under who to follow, if you go to Bill Cosby's page, is it Jim Carrey, Ashton Kutcher, and Oprah Winfrey?
3: They I'm, don't want to sh- be I'm associated. shocked
1: it's not R. Kelly. They don't want to be associated mine, with that. Mine is Oprah, Danny DeVito, and Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Danny DeVito. Fellow 80s TV star on <laughs> Taxi. Another show I loved. Alright, should we get on
2: with Hot Routes? Sure, let's do it.
1: Has questions. Blue 58, blue 58, go. And he wants your answers. Three! Drag, drag, drag. red, red, blue poncho. In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 dragon smoke. It's hot routes on purple daily. 580! 390! Right,
3: This is where questions are fired at us, usually by Matthew Collar, and then we have hot takes on the hot questions of the day. That's why it's hot rouse today. Uh, Jonathan Harrison on the other side of the glass will be the moderator. Go ahead, Jonathan.
2: All right, first hot rope. Hey, Tupac! Dusty! Tupac! Is Tupac? (laughs) Yeah,
1: I love that. And follow him on Twitter. He's dead. Allegedly. (laughs) Still Still follow him on Twitter. A lot of allegedly. allegedly yeah, I was going to say a lot of allegedly being thrown around. <laughs> I mean, well, Goodness. he does have a Twitter account. He does. It's verified, does he, and you amazing. don't follow
3: him.
2: I don't. No, well, I do now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I do now. All right. So, Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce was how does Tupac only have four hundred eighty-five thousand followers? i doesn't sorry, follow anyone. Do not... I'm sorry
3: to interrupt, Jonathan, but he had four
1: hundred eighty-five thousand followers. You'd think more because I mean, all eyes on him. Okay.
2: <laughs> really. Ravens defensive tackle, Michael Pierce, was booted from Ravens minicamp last week for being out of shape, essentially. He went on to say he just mismanaged his offseason regimen. So, boys, what is the most mismanaged part of your life?
1: I would like to start with an answer for Judd, since he had to leave the room, and I'm going to say it is the people that he follows on Twitter is the most mismanaged part of his life. That's where I'm going to start this answer. So, for Judd Zolgat, it is the people he follows on Twitter. Rami? Um, Just general maintenance. I suck at general maintenance.
3: Like, anything that needs to be kept up around a house. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to brush my dog's teeth twice a week. He might get it once every two weeks. Um, I'm just bad at general keep-up and maintenance of any kind. Do you at least brush your teeth more often? I brush my teeth twice a day. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm diligent. Not once every I'm dil- like your dog. I'm diligent about that. I'm, di- I'm diligent about basic hygiene, but I'll miss a workout here and there. I don't watch my diet as closely as I should. I'm just bad at general maintenance. That's why I shouldn't be a homeowner. Like changing air filters, keeping up with lawn care, spraying fertilizer. Oh, man, wow, it's
2: the worst. I love mowing my lawn. It's I hate great. it. I hate it. Just and throw throwing the headphones and I'm I'm in my own world for two hours. I hate it's it. that I have two hours two lawn. I mow it slow, boys, on purpose. Two hours on purpose. You know, I'm not. I've also got a big backyard. I used to
1: work at a golf course, and we could mow the whole course in two hours. I'm not saying this about Jonathan. I'm
3: not saying. Well, you're
2: also riding machines. I'm pushing.
1: Yeah.
3: I'm not saying this about Jonathan right now. Okay. Okay. This is not about Jonathan, and I'm putting my hand up right now, so I can see it. He can't see me, and I don't have to look at him while I say it, and he thinks I'm talking about him. I had a neighbor when I lived with my parents. Who was constantly doing yard work?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't do that. I do about once a week.
3: But it would take him like the mower would be running for far longer than it should take a man to mow a lawn of that size. <laughs> and my theory was always, I'd always look at my mom and say, "That dude hates his family. Like yes. <laughs> he just doesn't. I don't he hate my just, family. I he just, just <laughs> doesn't want to be in that house with those people. That's what's going on here. <laughs> I don't Jonathan, hate my family. I just
2: enjoy the time by myself. I don't I, get a that whole wasn't about
3: it. Jonathan." I wasn't talking about Jonathan.
1: Danny, there. do you have an answer for yourself, <laughs> um, other than Judd? Probably my uh, my personal health in the past. I've had uh, quite a few issues where I found myself in the hospital with various injuries. So I'll say that I think that's a, okay. a pretty fair answer for me, where that's been mismanaged. I've had numerous surgeries and, and things along those lines. So I'll go with that. I
3: haven't been to the dentist in as long as I can remember. I got my wisdom
1: teeth out on Friday. How'd that go? You look good. good.
2: You look like you're
1: feeling good. I had chicken tenders and fries for dinner Friday (laughs) night. There you go. Again,
2: I'm not surprised by (laughs) that fact that Danny had chicken tenders. Also,
1: my diet is really mismanaged. I eat terribly... I avoid things that are green, except for green Sour Patch Kids and green Skittles. Um, I I don't eat vegetables really well. Yeah, So I, I, I think my diet is probably mismanaged the most.
3: Danny came over and I grilled up some food for us, and he looked at asparagus like it was an alien. dude. Okay, like, I tried it. <laughs> it wasn't it. bad. I ate it. He did eat it. It, it was he, also
1: the first time I ever he, had it. He literally looked at asparagus like it was the first time.
3: He's putting it towards his mouth
2: as, as if it's going to bite across. him. Yes.
1: <laughs> he texts me, he goes, come over, we'll, we'll grill out. And I come over and there's <laughs> asparagus. I'm like, I thought we were going out. <laughs> <laughs> you grill that,
3: that. Dan. You grill that and then you eat it. It was solid. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I'd say it. my
2: answer would be time management, as we just discussed, and me mowing my lawn. I tend to stay up way too late playing video games and then have to get up way too early in the morning because I have a kid who doesn't want to sleep. I've been there. So, yeah. I've Done that. All right, next one 28 right. Baker Bruce!
3: 28 Baker Bruce!
2: Brian Flores, the new head coach of the Dolphins, has implemented a TNT wall at the Dolphins practice facility. It's a form of discipline that if a player makes a mistake on the practice field, the players have to run to the wall and back. TNT stands for Take No Talent or takes no talent. What are the takes no talent mistakes here at Score North that would make you run to the wall and back?
1: Before we answer this, can I just say when I saw just TNT wall, I thought he was just. I thought that there were like fireworks that went off when you got to the wall. Like it, it concerned me. Awesome.
3: Like it shoots Roman candles at you because
1: yes, you, you, you molly gagged
2: in practice that day. Yes. You're making this sound way more better or way better than it is.
1: That's exactly what I saw I thought when I first saw
2: it.
3: I didn't. I, this is the first I heard of it, and that was not the thought that popped into my head. <laughs> and I don't, I'll be honest. I don't 100% understand the concept. What is the problem here? What are they doing?
2: Basically, if you make a mistake in practice that you shouldn't make, it's just like a fundamental error.
3: Oh, so you want me to tell you one of the mistakes I make here yeah. at Score North.
2: That would make you run to our TNT wall. Hmm. Hmm. hmm.
1: Danny, do you have one? I do. Okay. Um So, I am supposed to... Am I to- perfect? <laughs> no. No. You showed up. You showed up at two fifty nine today. I was driving from Wisconsin, man. Come on, cut yeah, a guy a break. No, you were driving from your apartment. because yeah, you Yeah, I have to have drop lunch. my dog off.
2: I wasn't going to bring my in. dog in. Why not? Can I? Am I allowed to? Okay, well trained. Will it are, be quiet during the show. Oh yeah, he'll will be fine. It, he'll will sleep. Will it bark right on in?
1: command during hot routes?
2: Probably. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, you <laughs> <bring laughs> <your> Don't <in. laughs> oh, Run to yeah. the TNT wall. There's a big mistake. Run to the wall, Danny. You're in. Um. So.
1: Uh, part of my thing is I am supposed to uh, help out with our Instagram stories, and I just really don't do that well. Like I, I don't want to say I neglect it, but it's few and far between. I actually get to it oh, because it's just mine. not at the, it's never on the front of my mind. Like I always have other things that I, I have, I deem more important. Mm-hmm. So that's something I, I don't do well. I have to run to the wall.
3: I have a, uh, a social media and YouTube segment uh, here at the station, sponsored by TCL TV, is America's fastest growing TV brand. Uh, it's called "What Are We Watching," where we talk about TV shows that we're currently watching, and uh, I should be more diligent in doing those more frequently. Okay, that's that's what I'll that's that's the one that's the thing that I don't do well. Should we hit a break and then continue Hot Routes? No, it's only
2: fifteen. Oh, okay, we still got, cool. We've gone half an hour with this thing before. Yes, we have. You know, I'm fine. I'm good. fine doing the All whole right. hour
3: just Hot Routes. I'm fine with it. If Jonathan has the questions, I got the hot takes.
2: All right, next one. 319!
3: That's a classic.
2: At Packers minicamp last week, we got a couple of interesting quotes from both the new head coach, Matt LaFleur, and the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, about the new offense. Matt LaFleur saying, We're running a system I first picked up while working with Kyle Shanahan in Houston a decade ago, and we've never really had a quarterback who's had complete freedom to change plays at the line because that's not really the way the offense is set up. Rodgers was quoted as saying, It's a conversation in progress. I don't think... You want to ask me to turn off eleven years of recognizing defenses? We have a number of check with me's at, and line of scrimmage stuff. It's just the other stuff that really not many people in this league do. Has Lafleur already lost Rogers, boys? And this is and is this the beginning of the end for the new guy in town?
3: I think it's probably too early to
1: call. And a lot of a lot of what Rogers says there makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to argue that. He's got a track record, proven success. He's he, he's really, obviously, been incredible and one of the best ever at what he does, but it's hard to see that this just being a very successful relationship without it getting off on the right foot, and it doesn't necessarily look like this is the right foot. I'm not going to call it the beginning of the end, but it's it's a reason to maybe be a little bit concerned if you're a big Matt LaFleur fan. Yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit
3: concerned because I'd... I don't think there was something to Aaron Rodgers being hard to coach at the end of Mike McCarthy's tenure. I know there was something to Aaron Rodgers being hard to coach at the end of Mike McCarthy's tenure. And you have to wonder if that was just the breakdown of a relationship, if it was things getting stale between those two guys, as as can happen after being a head coach and quarterback for a dozen years working together, mm-hmm. or if it was just Aaron Rodgers, and we've seen this happen with other quarterbacks, Brett Favre specifically, where they just think they're too good to be coached and this guy can't tell me anything or teach me anything that I don't already know. And that might be the case here with Matt LaFleur, but again, it's too early to, I think to say that and much of what he said is true and makes sense. So I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't jump to that conclusion quite yet.
2: Man, I like the idea that this is already going off the rails for Green Bay. Just as a Vikings fan and seeing how they've how you know, we have the the Packer vent line thing that we make fun of Packers callers yeah. who call into the and, Green and, and Bill Michaels, show. yeah, and Bill Michaels saying ridiculous things about Aaron Rodgers. I like the fact that this might already be going off the rails just because there's differences of opinion on how an offense would run. I
3: like that. I mean, I want to see the downfall of the Packers. Same. I want to see the continued downfall of the Packers. I should say because the arrow's been pointing down on that franchise for a couple of years. But ever since they lost John Dorsey, man. Yep, that was really the turning point for that team. But I'm not ready to say Aaron Rodgers is is uncoachable yet, regardless of who the head coach is.
2: All right, next one. Balls, balls, balls,
3: yeah. balls, green 18! Uh, <laughs> green 18! <cheese> okay.
2: That <laughs> yeah, really. really? Really? I didn't record him, Man, he uh, did. Okay. He was really proud of that one. All right, I, I mean, he should be. <laughs> I would be if I found one. it. That's a great one. <laughs> who
1: said that one? I that know, sounded like Rodgers. Play play that, again?
3: Again? that sounded like Rodgers. You... Balls, 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 yeah. balls. Green eighteen. No, that was far Green 18, Because oh, yeah, they bo- was. they both use green eighteen all the time. far passed that down to Rodgers. Green
1: eighteen is very common.
3: Yeah, but that. So I thought that was Rodgers, but pretty sure. One more time, Jonathan,
2: just to make sure. Uh, let me get back to that page. Uh, Wait, all right. One second. Daily. Balls, balls, balls. I think it is. Balls. Green eighteen. Oh, yeah, that's what He said it was. Green eighteen ten. Yeah, all right. I'm going to be also, honest. I
3: knew that was Brett Favre before the third time. Of course. Brett Favre was the one saying he <laughs> wanted to hear it again.
2: Also, from Rogers last week, when talking about having the ability to make audibles on the fly, he said, There aren't many people that can do it, the line of scrimmage, what I've done over the years. I mean, obviously, Tommy can do it, Tom Brady, no doubt. Uh, Peyton can do it. Drew Brees can do it. Patrick Mahomes will be able to do it. Ben Roethlisberger has called the two minute for years. There are a few of us who've just done it, it's kind of a second nature. Is it too soon to put Mahomes in that list? And if so, who else belongs there? I don't think it's
1: too soon. I mean, we're talking about a guy that threw for how many yards and how many touchdowns last year? And won the MVP. And and won the MVP. And is a Julian Edelman. Maybe he did touch that punt away from being in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy's legit. I don't think it's too soon at all to put Patrick Mahomes in that conversation as one of the guys that can that can call the game at the line of scrimmage. And I also don't necessarily think that I think more quarterbacks are capable of doing it than we realize. I think that just about every quarterback, and maybe they're not all smart to the extent of a Rodgers or a Brady or a Manning, but all these quarterbacks are incredibly intelligent and know what's going on. If you're a good quarterback in the NFL, it's not always because of your physical skills. It's because that you have the the mental capacity to, to translate things at such a quick rate, and, and you can just handle it. Far better than anyone else. I think that more quarterbacks than we realize could probably do that.
3: And this is a guy who, I mean, yes, he started for the first time last year, but he sat behind Alex Smith for a year specifically to learn this offense inside and out, backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that he's pretty well mastered it, or as close as you can get to mastering it after two years. And if anybody's going to be fast tracked to the privilege of calling your own two minute offense, Who but the guy who, in his first year as a starter, took his team to an AFC championship within a play of a Super Bowl and won the MVP and put up ridiculous numbers?
1: And I know we all make fun of Eli Manning because he just physically can't do it anymore, but he's been in that system for how many years? You want
2: to tell me that Eli can't do that? Yeah, Eli it, could definitely like do Eli
1: it. Eli can absolutely do that. Who Even are the guys, guys that he really put on the list? Can you uh, come he put in?
2: Brady, Manning, Breeze, and Mahomes. I would, ass- Or in Roethlisberger. I would assume Phillip Rivers could. Phillip Rivers, absolutely. Russell Wilson. Could. Russell, 100%. Yeah, I think most quarterbacks can
3: do it. Yeah, just talking about a two minute
2: offense. Is there a quarter- starting quarterback right now that you would say no, besides obviously the rookies?
1: Mm. Uh, Nick Foles in Jacksonville? Probably no. I think guys really? in the fr- Guy in guys- won Super Bowl? Yeah. Guy in the first year of a system, I think that that's probably a no, other than a guy like Rodgers, Derek Carr. I don't know, maybe, probably. Um, would Joe Joe, Joe Flack, I wouldn't, eh, I would be worried. Joe Flacco in Denver, a no, no, I wouldn't give it to Joe Flacco, Kyler Murray Denver. in Arizona, no. yeah, rookie. Oh, yeah. my bad,
2: my bad, yeah. Jamie Garoppolo.
1: I give it I, to him. I, I don't know if I would. I would. I I am not very high on Jimmy Garoppolo because he's had such, he's been successful in such limited time. Like he hasn't proven over that he can be a good quarterback over the course of a full season. He's just yep. not done it. I wouldn't trust him with that. Who's the quarterback in Buffalo? I'm drawing a blank. Josh his, Allen. Josh Allen. No I way. No, I would not do that. I wouldn't trust him. Um, but Sam Darnold th- for the most. You no, know, I would not trust him. I don't, I'm not high I mean, on that Sam that Darnold either. Yes, and it's a new system for him. I'm not high in him either. I don't think you can fix accuracy. He's had inter- interception issues in college last year. I don't think he's going to be all that good. I
3: think we touched on all the ones who you wouldn't trust. I'm looking at Andy a list of starting... I'd give it. I mean, he's been in the league so long, man. New system, just on tenure. I think you give that to him. He's seen enough in the NFL that he can call his own two-minute offense.
2: Okay. Ninety-eight. Hot, hot. music behind that one. Uh, Bears safety. Eddie Jackson was reflecting on how far the Bears have come in such a short time from last in the NFC North in 2017 to first in 2018. And what keeps the team motivated? And he said they plan to, quote, take this whole thing. I'm assuming he's talking about the Bears being motivated to win the Super Bowl this year. What team that finished last in their division last year can make the same turnaround in two years win the Super Bowl?
3: I have to pull the standings up just I can to remind to myself right who finished in last. Please do.
2: Jets 4 and 12, Bengals 6 and 10, Jaguars 5 and 11, Raiders 4 and 12, Giants 5 and 11, Lions 6 and 10, Buccaneers 5 and 11, and Cardinals 3 and 13.
3: This is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound nuts.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I think it's between the Jets and the Raiders. The two on the outside looking in most dysfunctional organizations this offseason yes. in the NFL, but I look at I look at what those teams added in the offseason. I mean, Le'Veon Bell might make you a playoff team. Sam Darnold is a is a good QB. Not even a not even a very good or great QB. If he's a good quarterback and you have Le'Veon Bell standing there behind you, and he's the Le'Veon Bell we know and remember yeah. from from two seasons ago,
1: that could be a playoff team. I don't think Sam Darnold's very good. I obviously just got done saying that with the last high route. I'll go with the Cardinals because I think Kyler Murray of this group, Kyler Murray's got the best chance of becoming a superstar quarterback. And it's going to take a – if you have a superstar quarterback on a rookie contract, you can load up with talent and you can win the Super Bowl, as we've seen. If Kyler Murray turns into a superstar in two years, the Arizona Cardinals could be really good. We're talking about a team in Cleveland that was 0-16, Two seasons ago, and they are one of the the teams with the five best odds to win the Super Bowl this year. It could happen there. Yeah, quarterback can change a franchise like that, that quickly. If, if Kyler Murray is a superstar quarterback, he could win the Super Bowl in a second year.
2: My contender would be the Jaguars. You get rid of that coaching staff. You get a better coaching staff in there that knows how to, you know, work with those work with the talent there. You have one of the better defenses in the league. They've got a ton of talent there. They were in the AFC Championship what a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That's two a team ago. that if you can get a good coaching staff in there for Nick Foles to utilize his skills that helped the Eagles win the Super Bowl a couple years ago, you have a chance there in two years to get to the Super Bowl and win it with that I team.
3: I could see that. I think all those teams are contenders to do what you talked about doing going from last to first. Yeah, I wouldn't say all of them. But all of them. Let's just say all of them. And I'll feel good about ourselves moving on to the next question. That was the last question. Oh, it was? Yeah, that was all five. That's hot routes. That's what we do here on Purple Daily. Every day. Vikings talk. Two to four. Two to four on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Hot questions, hot takes. It's hot routes. More Vikings NFL talk right after this on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app. Thank you, Jonathan. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500, the Score North mobile app, which if you don't have, you should get. It's free. It's available for Apple and Android. You can uh, listen to your favorite shows on demand. Subscribe to your favorite podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and your comments. You can also listen live. The more you listen live, stream us live, the more points you are rewarded so you can win cool, cool things from us here at Score North because we love you. And it's also your one-stop shop for uh, all the written content from Score North. including uh, our very own Danny Cunningham, who is our Wolves reporter. He's here today on Purple Daily talking Vikings and talking NFL, but he's our Wolves reporter. And this Thursday, Danny, is the draft. What is up there? for those who are curious about the Timberwolves ahead
1: of Thursday's draft. Uh, so because there was a trade in the NBA this weekend, you there might've was? heard about it. Yeah. Anthony Davis. He, what? Uh, yeah, he's, he's okay at basketball. He got sent from new Orleans to LA and that involved the swapping of a, a, a few draft picks, including the Is number he four. Good? Yes, he's very good. He's probably one of the top seven players in basketball. Um, that included the number four pick being sent from LA to New Orleans, so that really changed the way that I looked at the, the lottery in the draft. So mock draft 9.0 9.0. 9.0. 9. 9. 9. and you'll
3: do another at least another one before I will do, Thursday. I right? will do
1: one more. One Thursday, more Thursday will be ten. Yes. Thursday
3: you'll you'll do one on draft day. Yes. You Thursday run, morning, eight you o'clock in the morning. Right through the finish line. Like trying a, to. like a true competitor. I'm trying to. Trying to. So check that out at ScoreNorth.com. Or like I said, the Score North mobile app. It's your one stop shop for all Written and audio content from us, and it's available in the Apple Store and the uh, Google Play Store. Did you guys check out the the article about Gary Kubiak and his role becoming clearer at The Athletic? It was up uh, last week, I think. I did not see that. I like what I'm hearing about it. The whole time I thought he was just sort of... Uh, Like a shadow offensive coordinator. Like they didn't really trust Kevin Stefanski, and he wasn't really the offensive coordinator. He was just given that title so they could keep him and keep him happy, and then Gary Kubiak would come in here and run things. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like that's not the case, and he's he's got a lot, he's got sort of a... uh, I'm having a hard time describing what it is. A very broad spectrum, I should say, in terms of what he was brought here to do. The first thing that they talk about... He's got
1: a wealth of responsibilities. There you go.
3: But the first thing that they talked about is just sort of being a sounding board to Mike Zimmer as a guy who's been a head coach, who's been to the mountaintop... They're just two old football guys, and Zimmer has some things that he hasn't really had the answers to over the course of his career, and especially the one specific that they point out in this article is falling short of big expectations. After they have a big year and people actually expect something from the Vikings, they tend to then have a down year and disappoint everybody, and one of the things that Zimmer said he sat down and talked with Kubiak about was, was exactly that, where... How do you handle expectations as a head coach of a football team? Well, I think that's a really valuable tool
1: for and, a head coach. And do have. you think that it's valuable that you know they uh there are doubts about the Vikings this year? Maybe that puts their backs up against the wall a little bit. Maybe that could bring the best out of this offense where they weren't nearly as good last year offensively as they should have been. Do you think that have, people having doubts about them helps them in, in a in a strange way? That's been the pattern, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's in, been when you believe in them they disappoint when in you die. everywhere in 2016 everyone believed in them because 2015 gave them a reason to
3: they had an 11 win season in 15 then won 8 games the following year a 13 win season in 2017 then went eight, seven, and won 8-7 and 1 last season and missed the playoffs yeah maybe
1: and maybe that helps maybe what, it's a trend
3: this is what zimmer said about talking to kubiak about that so this morning i talked to him about some head coach things when you were in Houston, what did you do? Or in Denver? And he's an unbelievably great person. He's an excellent, excellent football coach. I think he does a great job, not only with the offense, but with the quarterbacks as well. It's been really, really good, he said. He said, me and Zim have battled for many, many years, and now we get to battle every day in practice. These are two guys who have been on coaching staffs together as offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, have coached against each other mm-hmm. on on different teams for, for many a year, and now they find themselves... In these roles, the one thing that I think the one unexpected side effect and positive side effect that I think this could have is it sounds like these two, they were already friends. They were already friendly and sort of close, but it seems like they just get
1: together and talk football endlessly after practice. Yeah, I think that that's all their conversations ever about. I don't think they talk about anything other than the football. Could that get Mike Zimmer interested in offense? (laughs)
3: <laughs> is, that, is that something that's do you possible? Want him interested? In I do. Offense? I want a, I want a head coach who cares about the whole team. I do. If there's, if there's, Maybe. if there's one criticism I would have of Mike Zimmer, and I don't think I'm unique in having this criticism, it's that sometimes he has the blinders on, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't want to care about anything. That's a fair criticism. But his defense, and I don't know that you could be a, especially on the defensive side of things. I don't know that you can be a really successful. NFL head coach only focused on defense. Like yeah. if you're Sean McVay and you have a high flying offense like he has and you just hand the defense over to to a Wade Phillips, nobody's going to blink an eye at that. But when you're a defensive headed minded head coach, it's not as flashy or as sexy on a Sunday when your defense is good for you to just go, "Yeah, I'm not going to worry about that side of the ball."
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's something that I don't think a head coach should ever do. But here we are in, in twenty nineteen and that seems to be the case here. But I think it it probably would be a good thing if he cared a little bit more about offense and maybe the Kubiak will kind of force that upon him. Is it possible?
3: To get it's, Mike Zimmer
1: interested in offense. It's possible. Is my question. Anything is possible. Use There's got to be a way for it to happen. I don't have the answer as to how. <laughs> I don't have the answer, but it's possible. Someone out there has the answer, and it's not me. So the relationship between Zimmer and Kubiak is one aspect
3: of the article. Another is his his budding relationship with, with Kirk Cousins, which obviously is primarily the reason why Gary Kubiak was brought here, right? Mm-hmm. Same coaching tree, same system tree, and... Kirk Cousins was very eager to tell everybody that's not the same system, guys. Slow down, it's not the same system. There's plenty for me to learn. Let's not set that bar too high, is essentially what Kirk Cousins said last week. But that's why Gary Kubiak was brought here. Almost this entire off season, and I don't say this as a knock to Kirk Cousins. I think this is what good franchises do when you pay a quarterback what you paid him, was propping him up to be as successful as he could.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you need more out of Kirk Cousins. I think that's that's exactly where we're going to be at. The Vikings are only going to go as far as Kirk Cousins can take them. We see that all the time in the NFL. You go as far as your quarterback goes. We, we talked about in hot routes, all those guys that can be trusted. We talked about Patrick Mahomes being the first name on that list, and the Chiefs only went so far because Patrick Mahomes had such an illustrious season. I'm not expecting that out of Kirk Cousins, but they need more from him if they're going to be the team that everyone thinks that they they can be. So
3: he's sort and again he's been a sounding board for. Kirk Cousins, much like he was for, like I was just talking about with Mike Zimmer. Kubiak was John Elway's backup for a while in Denver, and then was later his quarterback's coach, his offensive coordinator, then eventually his head coach in Denver. And so he knows what a franchise quarterback looks like. He knows what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. He didn't have the physical tools that it took. John Elway did. So the first thing Kirk Cousins did, smartly, when they named Kubiak the head coach, was call up Gary Kubiak, not head coach, assistant head coach, and uh, what do they call it? What is his exact title? Do we know? Assistant head coach, offensive assistant? Is that what it I is? Think that sounds right. Okay. Well, Cousins
1: called. Head coach K- of the offense. He told so. Kubiak
3: yeah. he had good numbers in his career and had some good things happen, but he was still uh, upset and left disappointed with a 34, 37, and 2 record over his career as a starter. And Cousins said the same thing last week at minicamps that ultimately he's about a 500 quarterback. And he can yeah. throw up all the numbers that he wants to throw up, and he's thrown up some decent numbers in his career.
1: But ultimately, that's what people are going to look at. I mean, sooner or later, you have to win. You have to win on the big stage, and Kirk Cousins have, hasn't done that. He came in here with expectations, really for—I don't want to say the first time in his career, but they were probably the highest expectations that he's ever faced in his career. Right? I think we can agree there. Last year, yeah, you have to—you have to produce, man. You're getting paid like a—you are getting paid like one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe you don't need to be quite that, but you need to be one of the top seven or eight. You need to be one that can win a Super Bowl. I think if he's top ten and this defense takes a step back towards what they weren't
3: dominance 2017. of twenty seventeen, you're talking about a Super Bowl contender. If Kirk Cousins is a I legitimate certainly don't disagree. If Kirk Cousins is a legitimate top ten quarterback and you have a defense like that, you're talking about a Super Bowl contender.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's don't any doubt about you. that.
3: And one of the first things Kubiak did when he was paired up with Cousins upon accepting this job, he called Kyle Shanahan, Mm -hmm. Cousins' former offensive coordinator in Washington, and started picking his brain in terms of what worked for Cousins when those two were together in Washington, and then started putting together a little cheat sheet of what might work with Cousins now in Minnesota. And then the last part of the article talks about his exact role in this offense so he and Stefanski, first of all, I think it's good. I wasn't sure if I liked it when I first heard you're bringing in Gary Kubiak. I felt like now there might be a tug of war or a battle over whose who's offense this is. Is it is it Kubiak's? Is it Stefanski's? Mm-hmm. The way they describe it in this, Stefanski, first-time offensive coordinator, relatively young for a guy to have that position they bring in Kubiak and the two of them together sit down this offseason and put together the offense and put together the playbook using both of their philosophies and things that they've seen work for Kirk Cousins and offenses that that they've both worked in in the past. I think that's a good process to go through for a first-time offensive coordinator with a guy as accomplished and as who has as much as much success as he does in
1: this league. Well, what would you what your first term as an offensive coordinator who else would you rather learn from? I mean, Gary Kubiak's a great person to to be able to lean upon and to be able to to take things from and pick his brain whenever you want. It, it's really difficult to think of a better situation than the one that Kevin Stefanski's in in terms of his first crack at being an O.C., right? As long as he doesn't feel like... this so is He's always looking over his shoulder and, you want, and like you, his job's in jeopardy. Yes, I understand that. When you have that. that
3: position, you want to have ownership of the offense. Sure. And you want it to be yours. And it sounds like he does... He's the one calling plays into Cousins' helmet. I thought this was really interesting. While Kubiak stands behind the quarterback, occasionally as far as 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage to watch the entire play develop, sometimes Cousins can even hear Kubiak talking about where the ball should be thrown while the play is still going on. So Kubiak is standing behind the offense, behind Cousins, about 30, 40 yards, reading defenses, and calling out to Cousins where the ball should go while
1: Stefanski is calling the plays. Yeah. That would be uh, a little concerning, I would think. <laughs> just a little bit. That'd be that's awkward too. I kind of like it right now. I
3: like it. If you're still doing this once the season starts, then it's not good. That's weird. But while Cousins is like he said, this isn't the same exact offense he was working in before. he's still got things he's got to pick up. I think it's. I think it's. You you basically have two brains behind the center instead of one. Yeah, trying to figure things out as the play you just is developing. Hope that
1: those two brains mesh really well because if they don't it could be disastrous and they're at a
3: serious disadvantage with a really good defense that's been together for a long time playing
1: the same system yeah that's They're true. at a real disadvantage in practice right now. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, having to having to try and learn something is difficult enough, and having to try and learn something while simultaneously going up against one of the best defenses in the NFL cranks that up by about a tenfold. Seeing and reading how what his role is and how
3: he all these relationships are developing with Kubiak made me a little more at ease about the hire. I wasn't sure exactly what effect it would have, especially in that offensive room. In terms of, like I said, any sort of power struggle or anything like that. After reading this and his role looking clear to people who were watching Minicamp, I feel a little bit better about the hire. I mean, I always liked it. It was always a good idea, in my opinion, to bring somebody in to, like I said, prop up Kirk Cousins. But concerns that I had were somewhat put to rest by reading
1: this article. Yeah, I I don't think that there are... Tons of reasons for concern here. I, we talked in the first hour about what the best moves the Vikings made this offseason when I think Kubiak's the number one move for me. I agree. I would agree. More Vikings talk, more NFL talk when Purple Daily returns
3: right after this. It's Score North on 1500 live.scorenorth.com and the Score North mobile app.
2: X Games Minneapolis returns to U.S. Bank Stadium August 1st through the 4th, featuring four days of the world's best action sports, music, and festival experience. Don't miss the greatest action sports athletes on the planet, and musical performances from Incubus, POS, the Wu-Tang Clan, and more. Tickets and more information at xgames.com slash tickets.
1: We got what? together as a group in the offseason, and we you know, kind of put our stuff together, and it was kind of crossing paths on some various things, but you know, we've come up with the Minnesota offense is what we've done but, you know, I, I basically, I'm just with him every day, every minute, you know, in meetings with the coaches. Uh, you know, we go in, he teaches. I'm, I'm in there watching him teach and what we do, and then we sit down and talk, because I mean, he's doing things that I've done for a long, long time, you know. So, uh, you know, Mike Shanahan used to sit in his office and watch me teach with a monitor, you know, and I remember those days. So, in a lot of ways, I'm sitting in there watching Kevin teach every day. So, I've really enjoyed him, very impressed with his work ethic and his passion and his ability to reach people in a lot of different ways.
3: There's Gary Kubiak talking about his relationship with Kevin Stefanski, offensive assistant and offensive coordinator. What did you say about the Wu-Tang Clan right before you
2: played that soundbite? Yes, guess they're performing at X Games. When? August 1st through the 4th. Every night? Every night? No, one of the nights. Well, what night? Yeah, I need to know what night, dude. (sighs) Let me find it. Forget Gary Kubiak and the Vikings. Yeah, who cares? We're talking about Wu Tang. The Wu Tang Clan is coming. That's what the read says. Which is to the kind Twin of why Cities. I'm like, wait, hold on. That can't be true, can it? The RZA, the Jizza, <laughs> Method Man. Let me find it. Give me a second. You guys talk about Gary Kubiak and the. Olympics. i, really I talk will about Wu Tang Clan. For it's real, it's listed on their website. Wu Tang Clan. What date, man? I'm finding it. Chill. Uh... It's a serious business. <laughs> I know. When the Wu comes
3: to the Twin Cities, I need to know, man.
2: How, the, how is this not Music on my schedule? Radar? Here we go. Music schedule. Um, Wu-Tang Clan, Saturday, August 3rd at 1245 a.m. at the Armory. So f- Friday night? Uh, yes, Friday night.
3: Friday night, 1245 a.m. That's a late start. At the start. Armory. Late start. It's Wu-Tang Clan, man. They don't go on
1: before midnight.
3: <laughs> yeah, and if it says they're starting at 1245, you're going to be damn sure they're starting at like yeah. one
2: thirty, two o'clock. Yeah, it's listed on their website. And I won't even August be upset. 3rd. Cool. Are you guys going to go?
3: I think I will uh, Maybe. I will attempt to be there. I'm going to see how much those tickets are and what kind of connections I have to not pay anything. How much are tickets, Jonathan?
2: Xgames.com slash tickets. Okay. Right. That's not a dollar number. That's a website. <laughs> I know. I needed to know what it was. He's just giving us the play-by-play, man just telling us how to get there. It does not say what tickets are for that musical event. All right. I'll keep looking for it okay. and I will we'll break into let's We have know. a few minutes left. We've Please, got about if, two minutes. If you
3: find it, let us know. Did you see uh, Ben Roethlisberger talking in the Steelers camp? I did not. He says, you know, it's been a little crazy the last few years, maybe more so than usual than we're used to dealing with. Roethlisberger said at his annual football camp Sunday via video from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. So to kind of get back to quote-unquote normalcy is kind of nice. And what he's saying here is not having Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell here stirring up trouble is kind of nice, and things should go back to being quiet and normal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What I don't think Ben Roethlisberger realizes because he lacks self-awareness, which is why he ended up in the position he ended up in with both of those guys and other positions that he's ended up in that he probably shouldn't have ended up in, he lacks self-awareness. And he lacks the self-awareness to see that Ben Roethlisberger is a big part of the Steelers' problems that they've had in terms of a lack of normalcy or team chemistry over the last few
1: years. He does lack self-awareness. There's, there's no question about that. And also, Wu-Tang, it is uh, $76.29 oh. for Friday night. Mm. But that also does get you into X Games on Friday night. Is it general admission? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to stand amongst common peasants?
3: Yes, common people. (laughs) But that's how much
1: it costs. I don't know, man. But also, yes, Ben Roethlisberger has no grasp on reality. He thinks that none of the issues that have taken place over the past couple of years in Pittsburgh are his fault. He always blames it on someone else. I mean, there was a ball he threw that got intercepted by a defensive lineman that he blamed on the wide receiver. Like, that's a real thing that happened for people. Yeah, and on the radio. Yeah. Like, didn't just do it like... He, his, he he doesn't understand that things are his fault a lot. Often. Yeah. Especially breakdowns in relationships with teammates are often largely his
3: fault. Mm-hmm. Am I old that I don't want... Like, it's I don't... I was kidding when I said common peasants. But am I old that I don't want to stand in groups of people to watch concerts? Like, I want a seat. I want a good view. No. Okay. All right. right. Understandable. I'm done with. But you are old. I'm done with mosh pits and standing on a lawn and all that stuff. You are
1: old. I mean, those two things are separate. But you're old. I don't turn forty till October, dude. And I act like I act like like I'm seventeen.
3: So I'm probably somewhere in between there. For Danny Cunningham, Jonathan Harrison, I'm Robbie Maklouf. Same. Thanks for listening to Purple Daily. Back tomorrow too.